We are born again by the Spirit of God, by God speaking the truth to our hearts. And we are completely changed. Being born again means having the truth revealed to you by God. No man can cause you to be born again. It's God who opens the eyes of the person who's born again. 3,000 people can be in the room at the same time with a great evangelist speaking to them. And that person chosen by God will have his eyes opened and the rest of them continue in darkness. It's an amazing miracle. On the road to Damascus, the Apostle Paul, who at that time was persecuting the church, he was out to catch those people who followed Jesus. That was what he was trying to do to bring them in to the rulers of the Jewish rulers so that they could imprison them and kill them. And what happened to Paul on the road to Damascus? It's recorded for us in Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26 is a more thorough, detailed description of what happened to Paul. Let's look at that. Paul has been brought before King Agrippa to be judged. And Paul says, My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first, among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning. He said, I lived a Pharisee in the strictest manner, and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God to our fathers. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even under the strange cities. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, 
to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Paul entered into the work of the ministry as he was called to do as an apostle and teacher. And from that time forward, he was persecuted by the religious leaders of the Jewish nation who did not believe in Jesus. Today we have exactly the same thing happening, except we who are called by God, are taught by God, directly taught by God, according to the Apostle John. And when we are taught by God, we end up being divided from many of the people who call themselves Christians because they are taught by man and have put themselves in the church by going forward and being baptized and they do not have the Spirit of God. When we are really of God and hear from God, we immediately are given the Spirit of God to live in us. And the Spirit of God teaches us from that point forward. And when we follow the Spirit of God, we basically end up denying the flesh because the flesh goes in a completely opposite way to the way of God. And it is a constant struggle for the rest of our life between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh will bring us an idea and we'll think, oh, yes, I'll go that way. And then the Holy Spirit rises up in us to remind us of something else to turn us back to God. The Holy Spirit is constantly reminding us of the way of God so that we will not go in the way of the flesh. You do understand that the way of the flesh is evil, don't you? For the works of the flesh are adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, debating, drunkenness, revilings. And Paul says, they who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what hope is there for us? Well, Paul wrestled with this. He said in Romans chapter 7 that he knew that in him, in his own flesh, there was no good work. There was no good thing. And he said, oh, woe is me. But then in Romans chapter 8, he had the answer, which he shared with us. You have to connect Romans 7 to Romans 8. In Romans 8, Paul says, There is therefore now no condemnation 
to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We have the Spirit of God in us, but we are surrounded by our own flesh who wants to do the works of the flesh. But the Spirit of God rises up in us to take us in the way of God. Therefore, if we walk after the Spirit of God, doing what the Holy Spirit shows us to do, we're not going to go in the way of the flesh. There's no condemnation for us because we walk after the Spirit of God. And what does the flesh want to do? Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 5. In verse 16, Paul says, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you want to do. But if you will follow the Spirit, you will keep the flesh crucified, not letting it rule over the things of God. Now the works of the flesh, Paul says, are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Idolatry, witchcraft. Witchcraft is believing in superstitions and following various superstitions. Hatred is the work of the flesh. You don't have to be taught to hate. That's natural. But somebody will do something to offend you and your, your flesh wants to get even with them or tell them off. You can cry out to God, oh, please don't let me say that or do that. And guess what? God won't let you say that or do that. He won't let you tell them off by your flesh. He may have you deliver a message of warning to somebody. That's another matter entirely. But to act in anger against someone who's offended you, he won't let you do that if you, if you will call on him. But hatred is a work of the flesh. Variance, that means to fight each other and debate and argue and strive. Emulations, which is trying to outdo another person, trying to get the better of them, trying to make yourself more important than they are, trying to win out over another person. I once played duplicate bridge, and when I played it, I, I just kept thinking, we're sitting here trying to beat each other. I, I just can't picture Jesus or Paul doing that. And I began calling out to God, asking him, to deliver me. And he did. That's emulation, a work of the flesh. People of the world greatly admire other people who went out, who rise to the top, who get to the top of whatever field they're in. I saw a show recently where they were, it was a biography of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. And people were on the show talking about how wonderful it was what Ruth Seal Ball did. She was a great comedian. And then she ran the studio, Desi Lou, 
and how she did all this. And I was kind of caught up in looking at this show and thinking of these things. And the Holy Spirit said to me, What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And I came back to my senses. I sobered up. I said, That's right. All of these things that are so important to human beings mean nothing. And our flesh wants to praise other flesh. So we jump on the bandwagon too. What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That's the Holy Spirit rising up in me to correct me. To bring me back to the way of God. To stop me from being so caught up in these fleshly things. Admiring the flesh of man, the works they do, the things they were able to do, which in fact is idolatry, making them idols. It's really wonderful because we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to make a list of things saying, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. All we have to do is follow the Holy Spirit when he reminds us of a truth of God. And that will sober us up from our own flesh. And there we have the chance to walk in the Spirit and go the way of the Spirit of God. In the works of the flesh, we never improve. A lot of people think, well, you read the Bible for this number of years and you get to the point of flesh, is no problem. That is not true. Because flesh is always flesh. And it always does the works of the flesh. But we have the Spirit of God. So all we have to do is, when the flesh is trying to rise up in us, the Holy Spirit speaks something, reminds us of something, and we sober up. We say, oh, yeah, that's right. It keeps us from so many sins. One time a woman sent me a birthday card, and in the card, she began telling me all the things that she had planned and had been doing with her husband, with her granddaughter, with her grandson. The Holy Spirit said to me, Ye are dead, and your life is hid in Christ Jesus. As I read her note, that's what I heard. Ye are dead, and your life is hid in Christ Jesus. And I thought, that's right. I don't look like I have a life. I have no husband, grandchildren. I don't have that. I have no plans for the holiday. I'm alone. It looks like I have no life. To them, they look at me and I have nothing. But my life is hid in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit reminded me of that, and I rejoiced. See, that's walking in the Spirit. So then, I didn't have to be sorry that I didn't have a husband or a grandchild. I didn't have to feel depressed. I rejoiced and was happy because my life is in Christ. It's hidden, and when Jesus appears, I'll appear with him, it says. 
that's Colossians chapter 3, that the Holy Spirit was quoting. But all I heard from the Holy Spirit was, Ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. And I rejoiced. We who belong to God delight in the Word of God. Our flesh delights in the flesh of other men, or in itself. It sets out to beat other people and make itself a really great reputation. And the Apostle Paul tells us, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who was in the form of God, but made himself of no reputation, and came to the earth as a man, though he was God. But you see, it's the Spirit of God that rises up in us at the moment that we are dealing with the flesh or about to go the way of the flesh or about to be swept away. We're pulled back by the Spirit of God saying something and we agree with the Spirit of God. Therefore, we walk in the way of the Spirit of God. Great thing is, It's God doing it, saving us. It's not ourselves, it's God. We simply are agreeing with God. And when we agree with God, we put ourselves in a wonderful position. It's a continual thing as long as we live on this earth. To the very last breath on this earth, the flesh and the spirit are opposite to each other. And all we have to do is choose the Spirit and go that way. Be sensitive to that which the Spirit of God is saying to you. And Paul says, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not do the things of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There is this striving that goes on at all times of the flesh leading us to do one thing, but the Spirit rising up in us to cause us not to do that and to go another way. And we who yield to the Spirit of God and go that way are the children of God. Now we'll go back to Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh, following the flesh, cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that you have the Spirit of God dwell in you, if you're following the Spirit of God, you're not going in the way of the flesh. Verse 9, 
Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But we know by the Scriptures that if we belong to God, we have the Spirit of Christ. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which ye have of God, and you, are, you belong to him? Know ye not that the Spirit of God lives in you? Know ye not that Jesus lives in you unless you are reprobate? I'm quoting three sections of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. The Holy Spirit dwells in us when we belong to God. This means we can be led by the Holy Spirit because he's in us reminding us of the things of God at the time we're about to go off in the flesh. I keep these scriptures in front of me day and night about the Spirit of God living in me. Let's look at those. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? We are the church. We are the church. We individuals are the church. That building over there made by man is not the church. We are the church. We individuals who hear from God are the church. I attended a luncheon when I lived in Lubbock, Texas. It was across the street from First Methodist Church. I was seated at a table with other people and that church building was visible from our window. A woman looked out the window and proudly pointed to this church building and said, that is my church. And I said, we are the church. And she looked startled and looked at me and she said, I'm not a church, that's the church. And I said, no, I said, we're the church. We individuals who belong to God are the church. And she said, she says that we're the church. I'm not the church. And I thought, well, maybe you're not the church, but I'm the church. Because the Spirit of God dwells in me and God speaks to me and teaches me by his Spirit. He says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Therefore, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. That's us. Not that Methodist church building or Catholic church building or Church of Christ or non-denominational building. We individuals are the church. When God has spoken to us and we have been changed by God and we have the Spirit of God in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is speaking to the men and he's warning them about fornication. He says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith God, shall be one flesh. Paul says, flee fornication, every sin 
that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. There are quite a few things in this passage of Scripture. In the first place, it teaches the person that at the time of sexual intercourse, you become one flesh with that person. Even if it's with a prostitute, you become one flesh. It teaches us that sexual sins are different from all other sins. Paul says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. And it's showing us that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, Paul says, Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. I kind of do that from time to time. I'll sit and think, well, now, when was the last time God spoke to me and showed me something to do or not to do? When was the last time I heard from God by his Spirit? If I've heard from God by his Spirit, then Jesus is in me. I do that from time to time. Examine yourself. That's what Paul said to do. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate? If you deny the Holy Spirit and keep going in the way of the flesh, God might turn you over to a reprobate mind. Romans chapter 1, verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Jesus said, In the last days, because iniquity abounds, the love of many will wax cold. I have sadly seen this in our own church group. There was a woman who came among us in 1980 and remained with us for the next 39 years. When she first came among us, she was really on fire for things of God. She wanted to know things of God. But Toward the end of her time with us, she changed. Jesus says, because iniquity abounds, the love of many will wax cold. I think that's what happened to her. How can iniquity abound? Well, it can abound through your television set, and you can delight yourself so much in television type of programs which deny the good way of God. You can delight yourself in those to the point that you begin to get cold and things of God seem 
unimportant and you don't like reading the Bible anymore and you want to get on to something more exciting because the flesh wants excitement. So as you feed the flesh with the excitement, the iniquity abounds around you and your love for the Word of God grows cold. Well, in this woman's life, she changed. I used to call her on the phone, and we don't live in the same town. I used to call her on the phone, and she she was excited over things that I would say. She was excited over hearing me speak to her about what God had shown me. And then she would tell me what God had shown her, and I was excited. But toward the end, when I told her what God had shown me, she just got very silent. She didn't say anything. But if I mentioned some television program I'd seen, she got all excited, jumped in, began telling me, oh, yes, I saw that, and I looked up the actors, and here's what they did, and blah, 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 blah. She let the flesh rule over the spirit and was swept away. I'm just sure that's what happened. She ended up railing against me and was no longer with us. I keep scriptures before me day and night. This is a very dangerous time to live in. It is so dangerous because it's not like World War II. Everybody knew it was dangerous in World War II. This is a type of danger which is hidden. It's subtle, deceptive. Jesus said, In the end, during the Great Tribulation, unless the days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, the days would be shortened. It would get so bad, nobody would be saved. At this point in time, the Holy Spirit is correcting us and taking us back in the way of God when our flesh starts to pull us the other way. That happens to me all the time. And I hope you can say it happens to you because if you have the Spirit of God, that is what will happen. And you have to go in the way of the Spirit. And that's going to cause your flesh to suffer because it doesn't get to rule. It doesn't get its own way. I know it's very dangerous where the time we live in, that any one of us can be swept away by the flesh. I know that. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels we should see from this scripture that our name could be blotted out of the book of life but Jesus says he that overcometh we overcome our flesh Every time 
we choose to follow that which is shown us by the Spirit of God, the Scripture, the way of God. And every time we go in the way of God, we are recreated again into the form of Jesus Christ, the Word. Over and over, as we live on this earth, we are recreated into the form of Jesus. Paul said in Romans 12, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind to the word of God on the subject at hand. The world approves all types of things. Sex outside of marriage, homosexuals, lesbians, What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? It's always got to be our, our thing. What does the Bible say? Renew your mind to the word of God. Homosexuals and lesbians, what does the Bible say? Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. This is God's view of homosexual and lesbian. It's not my view. It's God's view, except that I come to agree with God. Therefore, it's my view, because it's God's view. For this cause God gave him up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. See, I know God's view because I read it right here in the Bible, which I know is the Word of God. I was watching a television news one time, and the subject of homosexuals came up on the newscast. They were talking to this, the Catholic Pope. And he said, well, I don't see anything wrong with being homosexual. And I screamed, what about the Bible? The Bible is the thing each of us will be judged by. And the Bible is the thing that shows the way of God and the will of God. And it is the Holy Spirit in us who brings forth to our mind, remembrances of parts of the Bible to show us the way of God and set us in the way of God. When we start to agree with the world, like, well, maybe nothing is wrong. It's the Holy Spirit who pulls us back on the highway of God by the Scriptures. So if we follow that which the Holy Spirit shows us, we won't go in the way of the flesh. So we're talking about Marriage, divorce, remarriage. And we look at the scriptures. Matthew 5, verse 32. Jesus says, But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Three forms of problems here. The first is the Man who divorces the faithful wife. And it says that he will be 
the cause of her adultery. She will commit adultery if she remarries, though she was faithful to her husband who divorced her, and then she goes out and remarries. Well, this man who divorced her as a faithful wife, he's going to be the cause of her committing adultery. She will commit adultery, but he will be the cause of it. And whosoever marries her that is divorced committeth adultery. So she commits adultery, the man who marries her commits adultery, and the man who divorced this faithful wife is the cause of her adultery. Sometimes people say, well, it's all right to look as long as you don't do it. I want you to look at something Jesus said. to the, He was speaking to the men at that time. But it's in Matthew chapter 5. Start at verse 27. Jesus says, Ye have heard it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, That whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already, in his heart. Jesus took it a step further. That which goes into our heart defiles us. You're not defiled by natural food that you eat. You're defiled by that which you let go into your heart. So we watch television and there's something that's humorous and we just think it's so funny And we kind of go along with it because it's funny, but it's evil. It's contrary to the Word of God. In the 1950s, one of the most popular shows on television was I Love Lucy. And it is funny. I was trying to watch it recently. And I thought, well, what am I doing watching this? This woman is not a godly woman. She's a conniving woman. She is out to get her own way. She's clever, and she's going to outdo her husband and all the people around her. That's not a godly woman. And I had to turn that show off. You see, these humorous things can pull you in, and you can enjoy them and delight in them when it's totally contrary to what we should be. And that's where the sin gets in our heart. You don't have to be fearful of turning on the TV. If there's something wrong, the Holy Spirit shows us, and we go in another way, and we turn that which will defile us, we turn it off. Because of coronavirus, I became interested in world news to see what was going on. I got to where I'd watch the world news. But what happened was this. This is an election year in the United States, presidential election year. They told about coronavirus, but then they went on to begin to tell what these politicians are doing. And as I listened, I found it was causing me to hate. That which the newscaster was saying was causing me to hate. Now, what 
does the Bible tell us to do? Does it tell us to vote and choose sides? That's what man tells us to do. If we renew our mind by the Bible, this is what we're told to do. 1 Timothy chapter 2 I exhort, therefore, says Paul, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. How am I going to pray for a man if I hate him? That's especially difficult. If we choose sides, don't we hate the other side? Aren't we against the other side? I have to be able to pray for whichever man is elected. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. This is just contrary to what the world teaches. Totally contrary. I, I had a friend, a Baptist woman, and she was the most po political person I've ever met. One time she told me, she said, oh, it was wonderful at church today. It was just wonderful because I got to register my granddaughter to vote. I couldn't believe this was going on at a Baptist church, that they were registering people to vote. Things got really bad in politics, and I was talking with her, and I shared this scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1, 2. I said, this may help you, son. And she said it did help her. She said she had realized there was no hope in politics. But this scripture says, pray for that man that's in authority. God can change the heart of a king. But I don't think we can allow ourselves to hate that person that's running for office and be so much for the other person. And then if our side loses, what do we do then? So we have to keep our heart. So here I've been watching these newscasts, which are stirring me up to hate one side. I had to quit watching the newscast. And the only way I could quit watching that newscast, those newscasts, was by doing a scripture. There's a scripture in Proverbs that I found, and I started doing it. Start at verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Verse 15. Walk not in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. And that's exactly what the newscast was doing. They just couldn't wait to get out there and tell some enticing political story against the other person to cause 
me to hate. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood, and I had to keep this scripture before me day and night to break free from what I had let myself get involved in. You see, that the great sins are usually not the committing fornication. Most of us aren't doing that. But watching television news, we never think of much as being a sin. I watch it occasionally, but mostly with the sound off. When I'm watching it, I'll turn on what I consider to be the least offensive one, and I might watch just a little bit to see what their lead stories are, to see if anything's happening in the world. That's, again, just fleshly curiosity. I don't even have to do that. There was a period of time when I didn't watch things like that. When I was first born again, God told me, don't watch television, don't go to plays, don't go to football. I cut all of that out. He was training me at that time. I was intense, basic training to be a minister of God. It was so intense, and I was so following the orders that I'd been given by the Holy Spirit for that time in my life. I was so involved in that. At one point in time, this was in the late 70s, I was with my mother and dad, and someone mentioned Jimmy Carter. And I said, who's Jimmy Carter? And they were shocked. And they said, well, he just was elected president of the United States. I didn't have any idea who he was. I'd never heard of him. I'd been in the Bible. I had been doing the things God showed me to do to get ready to do this ministry. And doing it so intently, I had no idea who Jimmy Carter was. What is important is following the Spirit of God. That is what the Spirit of God told me in 1970s. Today, I do watch football. I do occasionally watch news. I may not listen to it. I may just watch and see what it looks like they're going to talk about. But we keep ourselves by the Spirit of God. And there's so much evil going on today. All of these protests, all of these all of these protests for justice. What does Peter tell us? We're looking for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. This present earth will never be righteous. You can get out there and campaign for it to be righteous and protest. All you will do is pull yourself under with them. It's the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. This current earth will be destroyed in the day of the Lord. It will be destroyed by fire. Well, let's close by looking at that because your heart has to be renewed to the word of God. Second Peter chapter 3. Peter says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening 
unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And the minute the Holy Spirit called that to my attention, I knew the truth. This earth will never be righteous. I don't care what you do. You can't make it righteous. The justice and righteousness that we look for is the new heaven and new earth. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace when Jesus returns. We must be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. We have to go a completely different way from the way of this world. We can't be out there trying to make this world righteous, trying to get justice. We will go down with the world if we do that. We have to be in peace, knowing that God will judge everything. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay, living that way, not seeking vengeance. Living in peace, without spot and blameless. One time I got involved in looking at Civil War um, documentaries. And I found I had to stop it. I'm against slavery. But I found I had to stop letting myself be all stirred up and hurt by that. I had to live in peace. God will judge those people who did wrong. Whether they're white or black or whatever. The Holocaust. I, can't, I just can't watch that. God will judge the wrongdoers. You have to focus on Romans 12. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Relax. God will judge it. You just keep yourself in peace, doing what you have to do to live in peace without spot and blameless. Choosing to follow the Spirit of God, the Holy Scriptures, rather than letting your flesh take over and getting out there and doing things by the flesh. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.